Happy Wednesday here, everybody. Welcome to Blue Wire Studios for Bet to Win. I am your host, Joe Fan, inside the Win Las Vegas. Big show for you here on this fine Wednesday. Pamela Maldonado of Yahoo Sports is going to join me to preview the college football season, including the futures market, the Heisman market, uh, and everything else you need to know going into this college football season. I don't know if there's anybody out there, at least in the, the content creation space in terms of sports betting, that is sharper with college football than Pam. She does an absolutely tremendous job. We'll finish with a little bonus golf, get a couple of her picks for the St. Jude Championship as the FedEx Cup playoffs are starting to begin here. Uh, but first, I've got a victory lap to take. I'm still unbeaten in August. Now 3-0. and The Yankees won easily 9-4 as Logan, Logan Gilbert, Mariners starter, got smoked again by New York. Again, 9-4 the final. That's a 107 on the money line winner for your boy. We'll try to keep the unbeaten streak alive here at the end of this show. But it's worth noting, the game of the year was on Tuesday night. And your boy was up past his bedtime once again because the Mariners and Yankees went scoreless into the 13th. And finally, the Mariners uh, found a way to push a run across the board. They win one nothing in 13. The rubber match on Wednesday here should be electric at T-Mobile Park as the Mariners look to win their second series against the Yankees in as many weeks. Uh, f- crazy stat here as the pitching was just incredible with Garrett Cole against Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo in his home, de- or home debut for the Mariners goes eight scoreless. Garrett Cole scoreless as well. The first fastball pitched under 97 miles an hour came in the 10th inning. Some fire breathers on Tuesday night in Seattle, but the Mariners end up being winners. Uh, that comes on the heel of a winning pick that I won on Monday with the Yankees against the Mariners. Uh, let's Enough from me. Let's get to our guest. I want to bring in Pamela Maldonado, Yahoo Sports betting analyst and the host of the Stacks of Stats podcast. Follow Pam on Twitter at PamelaM35. Pam, welcome back to the show. It's good to see you. How are you? How's everything going over there in Austin, Texas, where you're at? Uh, things are going great. I'm so excited for football season. You can tell that the city of Austin itself is excited for football season. You have the billboards everywhere, the ads all over the place. So it's full board at Texas Longhorn season for me here in Austin. And you're it. a Longhorn fan, correct? I'm not a fan. I am an alum. You're so an alum, exactly. Good. Do you are we a Steve? Are we Steve Starkesian uh, believers? <sighs> no. No. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'm. I want. I want to believe. I'm not quite there yet. Um, I would love to see how this season can go. I really want to see. Now that he has his own recruits, now that he's brought in his own staff, now that we have a new quarterback, I want to see what Sarkeesian can do as a coach. Now that he has all the parts that he claims to have the the puzzle together, so we'll see if he can figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. As a Washington fan who had to watch Steve Sarkeesian led teams and he bolted for USC out of nowhere, uh, I'm. He's one of the dudes in college football I have no problem admitting I root against. Um, we'll get to their <laughs> odds in the Big 12, but before we really dive into the conversation, I want to start with uh, your thoughts on realignment and where things are going. Um, we know that Texas and Oklahoma are bouncing to the SEC. USC and UCLA headed for the Big 10. The Big, tw- uh, the Big 10, the, the joke I keep overusing is that they're going to be the best 30-team uh, conference in college football. <laughs> Uh, what do you make of college football realignment, this carousel that we're on, um, and when it might stop? 
I am super excited actually for the realignment to happen. I wish it was happening this season as opposed to we have to wait another year or two, but I'm excited for it because every year, as much as I love college football, we see the same kind of outcomes year after year, not just for the national title game, but we see the same outcome for each conference. Well, now we're going to like shake things up a bit. It's going to get interesting. Um, Some teams may surprise maybe coming into the Big 12. We're going to see, you know, maybe like UCF, they, they could do something good. I'm not I'm lowering my expectations for what Oklahoma and Texas can do in the SEC, but I'm excited for the realignment. I would say the one concern that I have more so is the transfer portal. Um, I feel like there just has to be some type of limit or like a duration, like something. I feel like that has been more of a chaotic scene rather than the alignment of the conferences. So I'm interested in, I am excited for it. So we'll see what happens with it. My issue with college football, and I I will admit, I enjoy college football. I'm not a diehard college football fan because, to me, 95% of the games don't really have any bearing on what the outcome of the season is. And even winning, you know, a Rose Bowl, if you're Washington, it feels like that's sort of diminished. That's kind of the ultimate prize if you're Washington, where you don't really have any national championship uh, hopes, uh, you know, year in and year out. Even that, I mean, and it would be great to see them win the Rose Bowl, but you're still like, well, there's four teams playing for a national title, and that just seems so much more significant. Um, and to me, uh, removing some of these natural rivalries takes, you know, that's kind of the one layer where like, all right, this game doesn't necessarily matter in the, in the national championship conversation, the playoff conversation, but it's still a fun matchup with fans that hate each other. And you're going to lose a lot of those uh, those natural rivalries that have existed for decades with realignment. Yeah. Do, do you think that's an issue or do you go the other way and say, well, once you have these super conferences, it might level the playing field a bit when it comes to recruiting to where you do have a bit more parity. Well, you mentioned something that I actually hadn't really thought about as really much of, and that's going to be eliminating some of those rivalries. That's a very good point because you're absolutely right. There is, I mean, look at Texas. Our rival, our, our rival was AM, or more so theirs than they are to us. Um, but I mean, you take, you get rid of that, and all of a sudden, Texas fans are maybe less interested and fans are less interested every year. We're begging of like, Hey, put a game between them. So we can kind of go back to that back in the day moment. So from that aspect, I understand that. Yeah, maybe the realignment is not the best, but I'm also a glass half full type of person and maybe some more rivals can be created. Um, so I'm interested to see that aspect of it, of maybe in the next five to 10 years, if maybe we can see some of those rivals being created as of, us holding on to what happened 10 years ago. Let's look to 10 years ahead. Um, Now, from the aspect of, I mean, I don't know. I think we're, I think it's so far ahead for what's going to happen that it's, I love college football, regardless of whether we have rivals or not, whether it's uh, any of these games have true meaning to them later in the season, throughout the season or not. I think it's a, it's just fun. It's more entertaining. It has, from a gambler's perspective, there's a lot more opportunity as opposed to the NFL. So college football will always have my heart um, just because, I mean, you have just sheer entertainment of it all. You have 100-point games. <laughs> Some of these can even like skyrocket to 120. That's just something you're not going to see in the NFL. It's definitely more offense run 
than it is defense. And for that reason, I love it a heck of a lot more. Let's dive into this season. And, and I mentioned the lack of parity. Well, it's it's certainly evident in the championship odds this year. Um, WinBet has a special prop, favorites versus the field. It's Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State at minus 380 with the field at plus 300. They obviously, if you're going to take the bet, they're encouraging you to take the field at three to one, and they're going to give you that juice and say, well, we're just expecting those three to win. Is there any value on a fourth team or a fifth team or a sixth team? If you are someone who is betting the field and taking that three to one, who are you looking at to come through for you and, and topple one of the Giants? I am always a person who is trying to look for, you're giving me plus money. I want to see if there's an opportunity for me to grab it. However, this might be the first year in the last few years, it's been a while, where I'm just like gun-ho certain that, you know what, Ohio State's going to win it. I have confidence in them. They have the best quarterback in the country. This offense is like supreme elite. Um, if the defense needs to improve a little bit, but I am definitely more inclined this season to be looking at the favorites especially I would put Ohio State, then Alabama, and then Georgia into the mix, um, into that lineup, into that rank. But it's hard for me to kind of see right now in preseason that there's going to be a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a, a just other teams who aren't in the top three that are going to contend for the national title. Now, maybe in week three, week four, week five, that's when I'm going to start getting an idea of, okay, maybe this team can actually make it into something of which you're, you're not going to get those that value then, but you can still find preseason. You can still find early odds early in the season for winning the national title, not named the top three. Yeah, it's interesting. If you have a ton of confidence in Ohio State, you can get them at uh, plus 325 on George is at plus 375. So if you want to take... Uh, of those favorites, take Bama out. They're at two to one and just bet Ohio State, Georgia against the field plus Bama. You're guaranteed plus money there. But of course, Bama is a juggernaut that we see each and every year. Um, is there a team just in, in general you have your eye on? You look at Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Utah, 60 to one, LSU, um, Miami, Oregon, Wisconsin, 75 to one. You have, uh, you know, Michigan State's, the Tennessee's, the Florida's at 100 to 1. The list goes on. You see, once you get beyond USC at 25, Texas A&M at 30, Clemson at 12, Texas, your Longhorns at 50, the, the odds get long really, really quickly given how um, much the favorites are, are really dominating, um, you know, in terms of what this rundown is of odds. Because it's the Pac-12, <laughs> I want to say that it's unlikely but I am really high on the UCLA Bruins this season. Their season win total is eight and a half. This is the team that has the makings, the capabilities of making it into a playoff run. I mean, it's crazy to me, actually, because just two seasons ago, I was saying that Chip Kelly was going to be on the chopping block. All of a sudden, he turns it around, eight and four season. He has a new contract extension, but they had a good season last year, but they could have actually had one more games. You have one of the best quarterbacks, not in just the Pac-12, but in all of college football, in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He missed one game from injury. That could have been another win. Um, he was top. This is a team that's top 70 in passing yards, so certainly that could help need improvements, but he is one of the top quarterbacks because of that rushing ability that he has. He's had 600 plus. He's a top 10 quarterback in, in quarterback rushing scores. And they have one of the best running backs in college football as well with Zach Charbonnet. So you give me a one-two punch with DTR and Charbonnet. 
top 30 in rushing, top 25 in scoring. He had 24 receptions. So that's an area where they could definitely utilize him more in the passing game um, in addition to that run. But the problem with the UCLA Bruins last year was that they had a couple of late losses. They were up 37 to 33 to Fresno and they lost with 40 seconds left. They were down to three. They were down three to Oregon and then DTR got injured. And of course, uh, the backup Garbers, he threw an interception. So they had a really good season last year that could have been even better. And now they are returning a lot of the same pieces, the same coaching, the same staff, the same players, the same quarterback. That's huge. And returning most of its offensive line. So this is a UCLA Bruins team that could certainly surprise. And if they do, I would love to see them in the playoffs. 14 to 1. We love that. I can't say I love getting behind a Chip Kelly-led team, but but you lay out the analysis <laughs> that's hard to argue with and worth putting a future on in the Pac-12 market. In the Big 12 you mentioned that you're not on the Steve Sarkeesian bandwagon yet. They have moved uh, to three to one, second best odds uh, to Oklahoma at plus 180, Oklahoma State at five to one, Baylor at six to one, Kansas State at 10 to one. Uh, is it Oklahoma here or is there value uh, just like UCLA in the Pac 12 with um, someone in, with longer odds in the Big 12? Definitely looking at the longer odds. When you're looking at the Big 12, you want to look at the longer odds because did anyone expect a Baylor-Oklahoma State game last year? I didn't. So I'm definitely not looking at favorites. Kansas State is the team that has my attention, and I'm probably more excited for K-State than I am over UCLA. Last year, they had an 8-5 and win-loss. They have a they had a quarterback in Skylar Thompson who's out, but now in comes a Nebraska quarterback transfer in Adrian Martinez. That guy is a one-man show. He is a dual threat. He literally held Nebraska on his shoulders, and now he is with a much better offense, a good coach, a good defense. He had 8,400 passing yards, 2,300 rushing, 35 rushing touchdowns in his career so far, Martinez. Um, they have another do. They have a running back in Deuce Vaughn. He's making his return. That's the best running back that they have. He himself had nearly 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns. So this is going to be a very ground run heavy team that is very capable and they have a new offensive coordinator in Colin Klein who says that he wants to play a more up-tempo offense which fits into Martinez and his game so I think K-State with the defense that they had last year returning a big bulk of that into the 2022 season with a much better quarterback in the Big 12 certainly I would love and I could definitely see a scenario where we see K-State in the title game. In the Big Ten, you mentioned you think Ohio State's going to win the national championship. So I think it's obviously fair to say at that point, you think they're going to win the Big Ten. When a, when a mm-hmm. team is minus 250 to win their conference, uh, what is the? will you ever pay that kind of juice for a sure thing in your head? Or will you just say, I'm going to avoid the conference altogether. I'll find maybe other ways to bet it or bet just single games week in and week out and just avoid the futures market. I will look for single games individually because it is still college football. There is still injuries. It is still a long season. We're still in a time of COVID. Um, We don't know what could happen here. We're in August. We don't know what's going to happen in October come the winter season. So even though I would love it, uh, even though I love this as a wager for Ohio State to come out with a win in not only the Big Ten, but potentially the national title game, there's still a lot of variables that I wouldn't justify paying that high of a juice in this scenario. So instead I'll be looking for them to cover spreads, especially if they're at home. Um, there's a lot of teams in the big 10 that are losing quarterbacks are losing coach coaching staff. So they should be a very dominant force. They're going to be heavy favorites in a lot of these games. It's warranted, 
But you could also look for player props for CJ Stroud to have over passing yards, over passing touchdowns. There's just a lot of other options that you can have in season that you don't have to feel gridlocked to take in your preseason futures. And in the SEC, does anyone challenge Georgia and Bama? A&M's I'm 18 to not- 1, Tennessee's 40 to 1, and Arkansas's at 50. Yeah, I'm actually not um, that high on Georgia this year, even though they are one of the teams that's always going to replace. Oh, they replaced 10 starters. That's cool. They'll bring in 10 five-star recruits. That's fine. Um, I'm not really interested in them. I would say, I mean, Florida could be of interest, could be interesting only because of head coach Bill Napier. He's coming in from Louisiana. Definitely he's one of the greater coaches. But I'm interested in Kentucky, actually. Um, not necessarily that they can win the title. I mean, it's... It's always going to be Alabama as a favorite, but I am interested in the Kentucky team total over uh, season win total over seven and a half games. That one is a little bit more heavy juice, but it is reasonable at minus one thirty. Last year, Kentucky went ten and three, excluding Alabama. There were only one of three teams to score thirteen points on the Georgia defense, literally the best defense in all of the FBS, and they put up thirteen points. It doesn't sound like a lot. You're talking about Georgia, who held almost everybody else to one score or less, or if they even scored at all. Plus, the Kentucky defense held Georgia to its second lowest point total of the season of 30. And I know that those marks don't really sound impressive, but we know how dominant Georgia was last year. So what's good about Kentucky is that they are a run-first team. They're 20th in rushing yards, and they're returning their top two running backs in Chris Rodriguez, who had nearly 1,400 rushing yards, and along with quarterback in Will Levi. He's super interesting to me. He's a definitely capable quarterback, third in rushing yards on the team, also had nine rushing scores. So I'm really interested in seeing what Kentucky can do. Maybe they can be a lot more competitive with Georgia, who is losing a lot of its parts. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see them back in the double-digit win mark. I love it. Uh, In the Heisman market, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, obviously, as you would expect them to be the top two favorites with the shortest odds. C.J. Stroud at plus 185, uh, the Buckeyes quarterback, and then Bama's QB, Bryce Young, plus 375. Caleb Williams from USC at plus 650. And then you just get long odds from there. Uh, is it those three quarterbacks or bust, or is there someone else? Uh, or maybe the, the question should be asked, who will be the fourth, fourth person invited to New York when it's all said and done at the end of the year? There's a lot of players that could fall into that Um I mean, Aiden Hutchinson last year was somebody that wasn't on my radar early in the season and became for was added to that list as the season progressed. A person that I had on my list last year that, of course, didn't come to fruition was Anthony Richardson. He was the backup quarterback for Florida, but he showed flashes of brilliance as a backup. That was enough for me to bite him as a Heisman long shot last year. Well, now he's a starter with uh, the starting quarterback, Emory Jones. Now he's out of Florida and he went over to Arizona State. So the only problem with Richardson is if he can stay healthy, that was his problem last year. He was in and out of injury, but if he can stay healthy, I mean, after just two games last year, he had six, six completions. That's it. He was a backup, but he had a 75 long two passing touchdowns, 70% completion. He has the ability. He has a deep ball. He can run. He's on a good team. It's can he stay healthy? We'll see what happens with him. Um, I'm hesitant to include anybody into that, Heisman list now, but I'm definitely looking weeks one, week two, week three. That's when my radar goes up, and that's when I start searching for gold. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, after what he did in the Rose Bowl, is just, I think, someone that everyone is excited to watch this year. But when his quarterback yeah. is C.J. Stroud, unless all of the production is going to him, 
uh, unlikely as a chance to win, but an electric talent uh, as so many of the names that you mentioned, um, it should be fun from that standpoint. And you assume the top three quarterbacks will be there. Although who knows, we were talking about Spencer mm-hmm. Rattler in that conversation last year and we saw how that went. <laughs> not well. Um, not before well. I let you go, not only are you a tremendous uh, college football better, but you're also uh, great in the golf markets as well. And the FedEx Cup playoffs are beginning in the PGA Tour. Uh, and let's finish here with the FedEx St. Jude Championship this weekend. Uh, Rory, uh, the favorite at plus 1,100. Scheffler at 14-1. to 1. Cantlay, 18. Rom 20. JT and Fitz, also 20, as well as Xander. And then Finau at 22. Will Zalatoris uh, at 25-1 to 1 to round out the favorites. Where are you here? Uh, what bets have you placed so far? Um, and what would you like to pass along to the audience here at Bet to Win for the St. Jude Championship? Yeah, so for WGC events like this, the field is so strong. So it's kind of, I kind of compare it to that of a major in tennis, in ATP tennis. I want to look at the guys up at the top. I would love to look for long shots. Like last week, I hit the 35-1, to 1, taking Kim to win. Um, that's unlikely for me this week. I'm, I'm instead looking at the players at the top of the leaderboard top of the board odds board and Patrick Cantley is one of them. He's 14 to one to win. Definitely one of the shorter odds. But if you look at how this is Bermuda grass greens course. And if you look at how he performs on Bermuda greens, he has four top five finishes on Bermuda grass greens this year. He has a subpar course history. And that's like my only concern because he has only one T12 back in 2019, but he's definitely just like a much better and improved consistent player as of now in his last seven, since he missed the cut at the PGA championship Cantley has six straight top 14 finishes and four were in the top 10, including T8 at the Open. That's another event where it is just as strong of a field, if not stronger. Um, in all six of those events, he gained strokes in every single category in four. So you have to really dig deep to find the problem areas with Cantley. He's good off the tee. He's good with his iron shots, greater on the green. He can putt. Bermuda seems to be a surface that he's very comfortable on. So Cantley for me would be the top would be one of the two guys that I'm looking at. The other would be Scotty Shuffler. I mean, he maybe his um, dominance has slowed down a bit as of late, but he's still just the super, the most impressive player of the 2022 season. Also 14 to one to win, but he's third in strokes gain on approach. And this is a course where it's really important for you to be good with your irons. And if he's third in strokes gain on approach, that's his iron shots. That's great. On Bermuda greens, Shuffler has three wins including winning back-to-back at the Phoenix Open and the Arnold Palmer. So I'm taking two guys who are great with their iron shots, great ball strikers, and who do well on Bermuda grass greens, and that would be Shuffler and Kentley. I love it. There are so many people, so many talented people in the sports betting content space, and one of my absolute favorites is Pamela Maldonado. Thank you so much for your time. Make sure you follow her on Twitter, at PamelaM35, Yahoo Sports Betting Analyst and host, the host of the Stacks of Stats podcast. Be sure to download that and check it out all college football season long. Pam, thank you so much. It's great to have you on the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great stuff there from Pam. I mean, the numbers, the analysis, everything. She knows more about college football than just about anybody. Her and Tim Murray are my college football experts that I love to go to, talk to, follow, and just kind of blind tail their picks because let's be honest, they're the experts, and I normally stay in the pro football lane. Uh, Let's get to a promo before we get to a winning pick and close up this episode of the show. WinBet's Bet50 Win200 promo rolls on. New WinBet users can receive 200 bucks in free bets after you place your first qualifying deposit. 
and place your first bet on WinBet. Once that bet is settled, you'll receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. Winning pick time, I'm up almost three units, plus uh, 2.73 units here in August, the 3-0 record. I've got a couple of baseball picks I've been mulling over. And I, I really like Marlins' first five at plus a half a run with uh, Sandy Alcantara against the Phillies. So you can look there if you like that pick. Uh, bet with the uh, eventual, likely uh, National League Cy Young Award winner. But I'm going to go with the Brewers and the Rays' first five under three and a half, minus 105. In some books, you might be able to find under four, but I still like it uh, with the reduced juice at under three and a half. You just don't get the push at four, obviously. But this is why I like it. The Brewers rank 22nd since July 1st in WRC Plus against left-handed pitching. Uh, and Jeffrey Springs is a 2.25 ERA for the Rays this season. The Rays have been hitting righties well. They rank sixth in WRC Plus uh, against righties since July 1st. But I do trust Brandon Woodruff on the mound for Milwaukee. These lineups are good, not great. I think the under here is a strong play. First five, under three and a half, Brewers raise at minus 105. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Big thanks again to Pamela Maldonado for joining me in previewing all things college football as well as a couple extra picks for you this week in the St. Jude Championship if you're looking to get into the golf betting space. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll see you on the other side on Monday right here on Bet to Win. <laughs> 